0: For many, the mere mention of milk will be enough to invoke memories of nausea, bloating, cramps, diarrhea, and perhaps in some cases, jibes and taunts about wind and bad breath. Some will have undergone medical tests that diagnose the cause as lactose intolerance, lacking the enzyme lactase, which breaks down the milk sugar lactose they are unable to digest milk, whereas lactose-tolerant people can. Others, though, might still be unaware that they are deficient in lactase, not realizing that drinking milk causes their feelings of nausea and the other symptoms. For many years, lactose intolerance was regarded as abnormal and was used by many as evidence of human evolution. As a measure of evolutionary advancement, milk drinking seemed to fit the stereotype perfectly. Pale-skinned Northern Europeans usually retained full intestinal lactase activity into adulthood, in stark contrast to the world's darker-skinned peoples who were only able to digest milk as infants or young children. Well, that's the way the story went. Can't Drink Milk? You're Normal by David Catchpole. Lactose deficiency in adults is not in fact abnormal, but the norm. Research has shown that the gene for lactase normally switches off as children are weaned, and a genetic mutation that results in lactase production not being switched off accounts for the ability of certain people to drink milk into adulthood. So there has been a dramatic change in terminology, with those that cannot digest milk no longer being called lactase deficient. Instead, They are now regarded as normal, while those adults who retain the enzymes allowing them to digest milk are called lactase-persistent. Furthermore, different mutations can stop lactase production from being switched off after weaning. The mutation that confers lactase persistence in Northern Europeans is different from the mutation in East Africans who are lactase-persistent. Researchers have identified three different mutations, in the same stretch of DNA as the European variant, in various African populations in Tanzania, Kenya, and the Sudan. The findings have overturned previously held evolutionary notions in dramatic manner. Anyone enamored with the black people or less evolved than white people idea must confront the fact that dark-skinned Africans have been shown to have genetic mutations conferring lactase persistence. Some of them even have all three of the mutations so far discovered in that region. In that light, it's interesting to make comparative references to the notable pale-skinned person, namely Charles Darwin. Some of the symptoms of his mystery illness match those resulting from lactose intolerance. Another shakeup for evolutionists was the researcher's assessment that the most common variant arose as recently as 3,000 to 7,000 years ago. University of California anthropologist Diane Gifford Gonzalez says the finding of recent multiple mutations arising independently is changing the way they think about human history. Until the geneticists contributed to the data, the rest of us always thought about evolution happening very slowly and gradually. This is not the first time, however, the evolutionists have been surprised by the speed of genetic changes. However, they still claim it as evolution. This is the best example of convergent evolution in humans that I've ever seen, said geneticist Joel Hirshhorn of the Children's Hospital, Boston, Massachusetts. But note that these genetic changes are not evolution in the uphill molecules to milkman sense. As the changes are downhill, that is to say, information has been lost. Rather, at best, this is an example of selection, as Hirshhorn himself went on to acknowledge, Lactase persistence has always been a textbook example of selection, and now it'll be a textbook example in a totally different way. Hershorn's comments also highlight two key factors underscoring the creation-evolution issue. First, the extreme flexibility of evolutionary theory. It seemingly doesn't matter what the evidence is. Evolutionary theory can be made to do an about-face when desired. And second, the classic bait-and-switch tactic of interchanging evolution with selection. But the natural selection is not evolution. Another unexpected result of the milk-drinking mutation survey in East Africa was the finding that the Hadza people of Tanzania show a surprising high level of lactase persistence despite having very little to do with cattle. That led to the evolutionarily radical suggestion. One possibility is that though they are now mainly hunter-gatherers, their ancestors might have been pastoralists. While that idea goes against the traditional evolutionary order, it is right in line with the biblical perspective. Furthermore, it is not the first time that evolutionists have had to face up to the evidence that today's hunter-gatherer peoples previously practiced farming or animal husbandry, contrary to their cherished ideas. Although the loss of the ability to turn off lactase production following weaning is a loss of information, That is to say, a downhill change. The mutation confers some obvious advantages in areas where milk is available. The cost of the mutation, that is, the extra energy needed to continue to produce lactase beyond infancy, would be more than compensated by being able to safely extract the energy and nutrients in milk. So in what time frame could the milk-drinking mutation have arisen? From a biblical perspective, the mutation first arose after the fall. There were no mutations in the very good world described by God in Genesis one thirty There is no reference to milk drinking before the flood, that is, around 4,500 years ago. But by the time of Abraham, people were certainly consuming dairy products. See Genesis 18.8. And there are many references to Israel being a land flowing with milk and honey, for example, Leviticus 20.24. 20, Adam and Eve being genetically perfect would not have had the milk drinking mutation, Therefore, we can presume they did not drink milk. Even the evolutionists acknowledged that man's original status was indeed lactose intolerant. University of California geneticist Lena Pelton quipped, I find it ironic that a so-called disease, that is to say lactase deficiency, actually represents the original condition. So, those of you who are unable to drink milk as adults today without feeling nauseous, or worse can take heart from being closer in that respect to the originally physically perfect first man and woman than are those of us who are milk-drinking mutants. Most human infants produce ample quantities of lactase for milk digestion. The cells that line the small intestine produce the enzyme lactase, which breaks down lactose, the characteristic disaccharide sugar or milk, into the monosaccharides glucose and galactose. These sugars are easily digested and absorbed by humans. However, when lactase is lacking, as it is in most adult humans and animals, the lactose cannot be broken down and absorbed in the small intestine. The lactose therefore passes to the large intestine where the resident bacteria ferment it, generating gas, hence the discomfort of nausea, bloating, flatulence experienced by lactase deficient people after drinking milk. Many lactose intolerant people are able to consume some dairy products, such as cheese, without experiencing the debilitating symptoms they get following consumption of milk. This is because there is a little lactose in such fermented products as the bacteria have already fermented most of the lactose in the original milk into lactic acid, with the byproduct gas released harmlessly into the atmosphere. Some children who are said to be lactose intolerant are later found to be able to tolerate milk, However, almost certainly those children were not lactase deficient but were rather allergic to a milk protein. This is fairly common in young children. They usually grow out of milk allergies as their gastrointestinal tract matures. Such children can usually tolerate goat's milk, which also has lactose of course, but lacks the cow's milk proteins that cause the problems. There is even a difference between breeds of cows, it turns out. Someone might not be able to tolerate Holstein milk, but can tolerate yogurt, which is about two-thirds the lactose of milk. Most commercial pasteurized milk is largely Holstein, and researchers think that this is due to the presence of lots of live-fermenting bacteria, which quickly digest the lactose at body temperature and also contribute lactase. The field of biology focuses on living things from the smallest microscopic protozoa to the largest animal. In the book Exploring the World of Biology, you will read and explore the life of plants, insects, spiders, and other arachnids, life in water, reptiles, birds, and mammals, highlighting God's amazing creation. You will learn about the following and so much more. How does biological classification give each different type of animal or plant a unique name? In what ways are seeds spread around the world? What food does the body use for long-term storage of energy? How did biologists learn how the stomach digests food? What plant gave the inventor the idea for Velcro? For most of history, biologists used the visible appearance of plants and animals to classify them. They grouped plants or animals with similar-looking features into families. Then starting in the 1990s, biologists have extracted DNA and RNA from cells as a guide to how plants or animals should be grouped. Like visual structures, these reveal the underlying design or creation. Exploring the world of biology is a fascinating look at life, from the smallest proteins and spores to the complex life systems of humans and animals. And it's available at creation.com store. I am Joseph Darnell. For everyone at creation.com, until next time, thanks for listening.